comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. With none of that Star Trek V aftertaste. Hey everybody and welcome to Half Hour Wasted, episode 519-519. You're here with the big three. I'm an android. I'm an alien. I'm a wizard. Don't you forget it. Not a sorcerer? Um, it's the same thing. Well, Ooh, according, Brad, Bill. According, to, <laughs> according to Falcon, a sorcerer is just a wizard without a hat. Yeah. I actually cued that. I don't have a, I don't have a hat, so I'll go ahead and uh, complain there. I cued, I cued that that um, conversation up. Let's just listen to that real quick. Yes. What big three? Necessary. What big three? Androids, aliens, and wizards. That's not a thing. That's definitely a thing. No, it's not. Every time we fight, we fight one of the three. So who are you fighting now, Gandalf? How do you know about Gandalf? I read The Hobbit. In 1937, when it first came out. So you see my point? No, I don't. There are no wizards. <laughs> Dr. Strange is a sorcerer. <laughs> a sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. Think about it, right? <laughs> I'm right. I just, I just came up with that. It's crazy. In the MCU, that's yes. fairly accurate. But uh, It's one of my in, favorite conversations yeah. in the history of the MCU. Yeah. In D&D, it's not so accurate. But in, in the MCU, it's pretty accurate. I just uh, that may be my favorite line in the MCU ever when he goes, "Yeah, I read it when it came out yeah. in 1937." In 1937, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. That's pretty great. I read. That. He, I, uh, he's in the I, middle it, of it. He goes, it, "How do you know about Gandalf?" He's in the middle uh, of a thought. He's like, "Hang on, back up." Uh, yeah, it's pretty great. I, I love the uh, uh, I love the heavy lifting that one line does too because it reminds you, the viewer, uh, how old Bucky is yeah. without him saying, you know. I'm super old. Yeah. It seems like once an episode, they, they have to remind people like in the first episode, she goes, how old are you? And he's like 115 or whatever he said. (laughs) Is this like in radio where you have to say hello to a new audience every seven minutes? Yeah. Yeah. So two or three times an episode at every, once every seven minutes, it's going to get old over the course of the next, uh, you know, next four apps. Three eps. Okay, we're we're here today to talk about the first three episodes uh, and kind of an overall look of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It is it is also Easter Sunday. Let's not forget oh, yes. that. Happy America's Easter to you guys. Favorite Sunday. You know the Cadbury cream egg has shrunk in size over the last few years. Don't let them try to tell you it hasn't. 
Mm. Is that right? Yeah, it has. I've not had a uh, Cadbury cream egg in at least two or three years. I find them uh, extremely too sweet. That's just They're me. rich. They are yes. rich. Rich is a good word. They're quite rich. Yeah, I, I get through about a half of one of those, and uh, gluttonous yeah. as I am, I still don't usually get through the other half of one of those. Yeah, they are rich. I love Robin eggs, those malted uh, uh, chocolate candies with the hard shell on them. And, uh-huh. and uh, God, those are my favorite candies. Uh, I didn't get any this year. I'm sure I can get some <laughs> later on today. But the, uh, anyway. I think I think the Superior uh, Easter Day candy is absolutely uh, uh, Whoppers. Whoppers? Whoppers, yeah. Whoppers are good all the time. Yeah. They're what about- even... Or good on an What Easter. about the egg-shaped Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? Oh. Nothing wrong with that. No. Again, could be a little more fun size. Those things are <laughs> kind of ginormous for a, a little tiny snack. I don't yeah. see the problem with that at all. It's hard to go through. <laughs> well, it's just it's a choking hazard if you try to put the whole thing down in one shot. Well, you're an adult. You don't do that. <laughs> you have an adult-sized mouth. You should be Why? able to. But that's not as fun. Okay. I, if it I, says on the outside of the package, fun size, those those are implied instructions to the consumer, okay? Okay. It's <laughs> more fun than throwing that son of a gun down in one shot. You know, basically, you jauntily pitch it up into the air, and you see it arc, and it comes down, and you aim your mouth under it, and then it goes, Goop! and then you hope you don't uh, accidentally get it lodged in your windpipe. There you go. So so tequila shots are, are fun size, because you can do those Always. in one well, only if you throw the shot glass up in here, <laughs> it becomes uh, a bit of a game. I mean, it's yeah, you're you're edging a little more towards, um, um, yeah. I mean, real, real solid injury, like occipital, yeah, yeah. Bone, you know, jawbone kind of thing. Well, I mean, Brett, uh, Brad, you want to get this? Uh, you want to get? You want to be the uh, the tour guide on this uh, uh, road trip? Uh, cap in the winter yeah um just uh you know we've when we do our detailed look at our episodes of shows i read the summary i probably behoove us to just read the summary for all three of these and then just talk about it as one big story do uh, it episode one okay. new world order all of so these are we leaving I, I need to pee huh can i pee before we leave this how long is this road trip going to be it's three paragraphs Says okay. the guy who advises people to get hey, snacks. Can we get some snacks? Yeah. I would really appreciate this. this so far, all three of these episodes have been directed by Carrie Scogland. She's a Canadian film director. Um, and she's done a really great job. They, they, these look like movies. Um, episode one, New World Order. Six months after half of all life returned from the blip, Sam Wilson stops George Batroc Zalipa and the terrorist group LAF who have hijacked a plane and taken over uh, taken a hostage over Tunisia with support from Air, US Air Force first lieutenant Joaquin Torres Wilson who was given the mantle of Captain America by Steve Rogers struggles with this idea and decides to give Roger Shield to the US government for a museum display Womp womp. Bucky Barnes, who was recently pardoned, uh, attends government-mandated therapy. He discusses his attempts to make amends for his time as a brainwashed assassin, the Winter Soldier. Torres investigates another group, terrorist group, the Flag Smashers, who believe life was better during the blip. Torres is an energy-brown member of the group with superhuman strength when he witnesses them rob a bank in Switzerland. He later informs Wilson of this, who has been attempting to help, uh, I don't know what happened there, to help his reluctant sister Sarah with the family fishing business in Delacroix, Louisiana. 
the government soon announces a new Captain America, John Walker. Episode 2, The Star-Spangled Man, Walker appears on Good Morning America and reveals his desire to live up to Roger's mantle. Barnes tells Wilson that he should have kept the shield and decides to accompany Wilson to Munich where the Flag Smashers and their leader, Carly Morgenthau, are stealing a shipment of medicine. Wilson and Barnes attack the group, but they are super soldiers. They are all super soldiers and overpower the pair. It's a nice way of saying they got their asses kicked. Yeah. Walker and Lamar Hoskins arrive to help, but the Flag Smashers escape. Walker wants to work with Barnes and Wilson, but they refuse. Traveling to Baltimore, Barnes introduces Wilson to Isaiah Bradley, a veteran super soldier who fought the Winter Soldier in the Korean War. Bradley refuses to help them uncover information about additional super soldiers due to being imprisoned and experimented on by the U.S. government and Hydra for 30 years. Barnes is arrested for a missing a therapy appointment, but Walker has him released. Barnes and Wilson again refuse to work with Walker, and Barnes suggests to Wilson that they visit the imprisoned Helmet Zero. Un- Power Broker, Episode 3, Power Broker. Unbeknownst to Wilson, Barnes orchestrates a prison riot to help Zemo escape, and he agrees to help uh, stop the Flag Smashers. They travel to Madripoor. This is really cool. A criminal sanctuary city island and meet with high-ranking criminal Selby. She reveals that the Power Broker hired... for former Hydra scientist Dr. Wilfred Nagel to recreate the super soldier serum. Wilson's identity is exposed by Sarah's call. Selby is killed, and a bounty is subsequently placed on Wilson, Barnes, and Zemo as they escape. Sharon Carter, who has been living as a fugitive, saves them from bounty hunters and brings them to Nagel's lab. They learn he recreated 20 doses of the serum, which Morgenthau stole. Zemo unexpectedly kills Nagel, and the lab is destroyed, but Zemo steals a gateway vehicle. Carter stays behind, and Wilson agrees to obtain a pardon for her. Walker, Walker and Hoskins arrive in Berlin and deduce that Barnes and Wilson has helped Zemo escape while the Flag Smashers raid a global rep- repatriation council storage facility in Lithuania for supplies. Zemo, Barnes, and Wilson travel to Latvia in search of Carly Morgenthau. Barnes recognizes Wakandan tracking devices in the street and confronts Dora Malahe Ayo, who demands Zemo. There's a lot to unpack here. A yeah. lot to unpack here. Um, hey, but, but before we dive yeah. into the plot, yeah. you had mentioned uh, the director. What was her name? Kari Car- um, Skoglund. Skoglund. Uh, I just want to kind of compliment her on, you know, this doesn't have a movie budget, has a, uh, but it has bigger than a TV budget. Yeah. But she manages, if you go back and watch it, she does a lot of tights and singles in in the shooting of this that still makes it feel big. You know, I'm I'm sure they have smaller sets and she's she's using longer lenses and she's just giving this big size to this very, you know, small budget uh movie it's just i i have to applaud her just go back and look at it and look at how many close-ups you're working with how many just singles but static shots you're you're watching and and you'll admire just her her directorial style this definitely feels like a movie yes it does yes huge big budget action movies is i mean each of these episodes have had a really nice action or two action scene or two in them. Yeah. Uh, it, especially the opening of the, uh, of the first episode with the, with the Falcon. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the, uh, um, the, the set piece in episode two though, was the, the one that really, that really said, okay, they can do this. Um, 
I mean, how freaking cool the the idea of fighting uh, on top of not one eighteen wheeler, but two. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, was great. I thought, I thought that worked out great. That was. Do uh, you think? Do you think they shot that on the Matrix? Uh, remember uh, during Matrix oh, yeah. Two, they built that highway that was like two miles long in Arizona, yeah. just so they could do that that truck scene. I wonder if they shot it there and just matted in all the uh, greenery. Mm, who knows. I imagine they found a place yeah. that uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how it's it's still to this day shocking for me to see a, a behind the scenes shot of anything and see how much green curtain is back there. Yeah, you know, how little of of anything you see these days. I mean, yeah, I mean they're probably matting in like the Amazing Race and Survivor and stuff at this point. I, I don't even know. But they're definitely doing it on MCU properties, and uh, it's working quite well. Just a quick aside, there's a, I think I've mentioned this before, there's a YouTube channel called Corridor Digital. It's a, that's a name of a company, a VFX company uh, of a bunch of young kids, 20-somethings, and they're really good, and they have this series of episodes where they uh, look at effects in different movies and TV shows and they see a lot of, they break down how do they do a lot of those. So if you, if you, and some of that's the MCU as well, it's pretty cool. So I would look up corridor digital on YouTube and look at their VFX breakdown episodes. Those are pretty cool. But yes, this, that whole scene on the, the daggum, uh, 18 wheelers, just amazing. <laughs> my favorite bit in that whole deal is when Bucky's hanging on to dear for dear life underneath. Yeah. And Falcon's flying next to him and he goes, That little girl kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and so all great. Bucky can do is just scream in frustration. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean, there's a lot going on here. So in the comics, John Walker actually took over as Captain America for a while. Isn't that when uh, Steve Rogers became Nomad? Okay, yes. that was seventies, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, it was eighties, I think. Eighties, okay. Yeah, and in the comics, John Walker had a sidekick who went by the name Battlestar. Um, so that's who that's who the guy is playing, um, Lamar Hoskins. That's who the, that uh, guy's playing. By the way, doesn't the uh, uh, um, the new guy playing uh, Cap? Uh, when he's first introduced in, at the end of the first episode, doesn't he look like Carl from the movie Up, the uh, uh, yeah. the old cartoon guy? <laughs> Have you yeah. seen that that image that people say what it looks like on the internet and what you what it looks like when you get it at home? It was like a yeah. picture of Captain of uh, Steve Rogers and then John Walker. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize that guy was uh, Kurt Russell's son. John uh, White Russell is Kurt Russell's son. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. That, is, is Goldie Hawn his mom? Yes, he's yeah. his, he's the kid of Kurt and Goldie, yeah. and it's freaking amazing. Yeah. And as soon as you had that, I'm still trying to figure out if the, uh, the the helmet design was just one of those where it's like, okay, this is as close as we can get. But how he has that that big old chin, that yeah. big old uh, Russell chin, and yet you put that helmet on, and it looks like he's got the underbite of the old man from up. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody could see it. Uh, needless to say, um, uh, that that poor actor in real life has been freaking savaged, you know, by those memes. Has had yeah. to uh, deflect those uh, emotionally uh, for the last two weeks now. Poor guy. 
But I mean, outside, outside of the mask, he he's a good looking man. Yeah, I mean, he once takes it with the appropriate grain of salt. Once, uh, yeah, he had a week, at least a week full of of uh, disparaging comments. You know, once because all we saw from him in the first episode was just that one shot, and then once he gets into episode two, you see him, you know. It full face and without a, a thing, you know, he just right. looks like a normal dude. He looks fine oh, at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's just, so we all know it's just it's yeah. just the that weird chin strap is yeah. uh, is providing the <laughs> the oddest optical illusion. Of course, Wyatt Russell can laugh all the way to the bank because sure. as, as Mike and I were talking about last night, uh, you don't hire you know you don't hire Wyatt Russell to do this role to be a one off. Right. You know, this is not. This is not a hey, you know, he's going to be here for three episodes and then back to the the dust bin, you know, um, you know that that son of a gun. I, I fully believe. I, I think we both agreed with each other that you know he's going to be he's going to be your Captain America in Avengers four, five, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, you know, he's he's going to be part of the new team, and that's no. that's cool. Uh, I, I'm down with it. You but, and I have not had that conversation, and since we're having it now, I. Disagree one hundred percent. I I think he's gonna he's gonna lean over to the U.S. agent side and uh, be a like a for lack of a better word a, a gray Avenger. You know well, I think he's gonna try to Sam do the Wilson's right stuff, obviously but, gonna be Captain America when this yeah is, is series. I is think done. it's gonna end with him being Captain America. I hope you're right. Uh, there's always the possibility that you know the huge caveat too is that you know is is Wyatt Russell the the Hydra sleeper agent that he's being set up you know, to be red herring on so far. Um, I, I, you know, the idea no. that he ends up being the villain is very likely. Um, but, uh, you know, let's hope that that doesn't actually happen. I'd rather no. see him as a hero. Bill, I, to me, especially the, the last two episodes, uh, uh, Walker comes across as what he's saying makes sense. And he's not saying, and, yeah, he's a little full of himself, but he's also got the chops. I think it's going to make for an interesting character because I think he's, I I think he, you know, he definitely wants to do the right thing, but you know, what does that mean? And is it more ego than, than, um, than not ego? Because at the end of the third episode, you know, he, he starts to seem willing to kind of bend the rules to get to the, uh, get to the answer he wants or define where the flag smashers are. I think, I think he's going to develop into a nice gray character that you can depend on at times and maybe not depend on. Yeah. I think that, um, he is uncertain right now. We, we don't know what to make of this guy. He, He knows what he's doing, but you know, we, the audience don't know what he's doing yet, uh, or what he's thinking. Um, I still think the chances are, are pretty decent. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid it would be the easy way out if he actually turned out to be, you know, a the slash a Hydra agent. Um, I would like to see them take a, a more sophisticated, you know, way out of this uh, plot maze that they're trying to weave right now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about your emotional journey with uh, with John Walker, but uh, at the end of the first episode, like most of America, I went, "No, screw you," you know. And then the second episode opens up, and I think they absolutely did this on purpose. But you know, the it, I think the the camera angle that Carrie uh, Scoglin used, um, you know, everything about the first episode and that that reveal 
of John Walker as the new Captain America. Uh, you, it was designed to make you go, you know, screw that guy, you know, get him out of here. I don't want to see no more of that. And then, so you're left for a week with like, Ugh, that guy just uh, makes my guts clench up just to think of him. And then he comes out and the very first thing that happens in the next episode is an interview with him. And I'm trying to figure out who out there could have watched that and not gone, oh, dude, this guy's, this guy's salt of the earth. This guy's real. I was totally wrong about this guy. And it's, then, um, you know, immediately, you know, before the third episode is over, you're going, is this guy, is this guy like uh, going Punisher? Yeah. Um, or, you know, what's, uh, you know, is, you know, I, I didn't like him and then I couldn't help but like him. And now I'm wondering if he's dangerous, uh, maybe even to himself. Uh, same, so, same thought process for me. Episode yeah. one. You're not Steve. Right. How dare you? Episode exactly. two, in his quiet moment when he's by himself, you don't get any kind of feeling that he's got any ulterior motives. You know, he's genuine. And then he actually tries to be helpful and he's a nice guy. He stops the Jeep to pick him up, you know. Come on, <laughs> get in. Come on, get in. Right. And then at the in episode three, maybe the fame's kind of getting to his head a little bit. And then at the end, he's like, stay the hell out of my way. And I'm kind of feeling, okay, you know, they're doing this on purpose. They're trying to confuse us. Is this guy good? Is yeah. he not good? I haven't yeah. gotten any kind of Hydra vibes from him at all. I've just kind of gotten an egocentric, um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm better than know. I'm Captain America. Don't mess with me, vibe. Now, how long by the end of the third episode? How long has he actually been Captain America? Because for us, it's been two weeks. But how long has it been IRL? Uh, well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two months? days. Okay, I mean, is it, <laughs> is it less or more time than that? Because yeah, it could be like 48 hours, or it could be six months. Um, I don't think it's no. There's no way it's six months. I mean, okay. think of think about this. Bucky got arrested for missing a court-ordered mandate, mandated sure. therapy session. Those are like yeah, weekly. Okay. So at the okay, most, yeah. it's been a week. Okay. Very you know good, what I mean? Yep. Um, the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the reaction you, you guys talk about uh, when you first see um, John Walker at the end of episode one, that's juxtaposed between Falcon, who had surrendered the shield and... And, you know, so I can't do this. I don't think anyone can replace Steve. And he gave that beautiful speech uh, at the Smithsonian about it. And then when you're cutting between this black man who gave it up and they give it and who, you know, whoever uh, the PR department is at, at the military goes, no, we need a Captain America. And they give it to this white guy. Uh, it hurts. Uh, Falcon's expression at the end of that third episode or that first episode is just heartfelt. Brad, I think I texted you when the first time I saw that where he goes, I just felt bad for Falcon because he, there's a, there's that scene where he is, he is saying with his eyes and with this mannerism, it's like, it's because I'm black and it, it just hurts, you know, and that's an underlying, uh, uh, underlying feeling, at least that I got from, from 
why there, there's a new Captain America. I don't blame John Walker because he was assigned to it. It's those, it's those people in the background that are doing the whole PR thing that are trying to, um, uh, tr- trying to make a name for themselves, I guess, or, 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 uh, or, or make them feel good about themselves. I don't know. I never, I never got any kind of race vibe at all from any of that because if he had taken the shield, Excuse you, Mike. <laughs> if he had taken the shield, he would have been accepted as Captain America because Steve gave it to him. When the cops see him on the street and the one guy recognizes him and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Wilson, I didn't recognize you. You know, this guy, the Falcon, this Avenger has res- the respect that he deserves. And if he was going to take over if he had taken over the captain america mantle i believe he would have been accepted i never got one ounce of oh it's because i'm black i never got that from him i just saw instant regret in his face i was just thinking if they had given them the shield to a black guy i don't think it would have had any different effect on him at all other than that should have been me well, I, I would cite the second episode with the whole uh, Isaiah Bradley thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, as to, you know, America's not ready for that. But this is a small underlying story yeah. behind it. And that's just how I'm interpreting it. Doesn't mean it's right. Uh, no, that's cool. Uh, I you know, and, and I was looking forward to uh, the Falcon taking up the mantle of Captain America. Uh, I was a little disappointed when he decided to drop it in the first episode. But, I mean, it's an arc, right? So we know probably by the end of the series, he's going to be our cap, or yeah. at least that's how I'm inferring it. So he has to go through his journey to get, to get to it, but he, he is worthy of it. And I want to see him be the next generation of here, you know, that's part of that. Next I, generation. I really hope you're right. Um, I, I hope you're right because yeah, my thought was that, is that, yeah, um, I do expect uh, John Walker to be captain America going forward and we're all just going to kind of have to deal with it. But I like your idea that, the hero's journey will end up with uh, with Sam with the uh, the A on his chest and uh, good for good for everybody. If so, I'm the uh, I I also I'm I'm uh, not only did I not get any kind of uh, uh, racial tones off of that scene, I'm, I'm glad I didn't. Um, but uh, my interpretation was Sam was like, "Well, wait a minute, you never." It was a feeling of betrayal, basically, because yeah. yes. they, never, they never told him, you know, he thought that he was giving this up because nobody should have it. If Steve, you know, if you don't measure up to Steve, you don't get it. I mean, it's, this is like Thor's hammer. And so for them, to, for the government to just go, oh, OK, well, sure, we'll put this this Smithsonian if you don't want it. Sure. No problem. And so clearly Sam is thinking, well, I'm going to be able to come see this in the museum and, you know, maybe someday if the freaking scrolls attack, I can come say, Hey, I need to make a, I need to make a withdrawal, you know, or, you know, something awesome like that. Um, but that they never told him that, well, if you don't want it, uh, we've got a freaking line of people out the door who are more than happy to take this in your stead. So that was the whole thing. It's just the, the surprise, um, an absolute dejection that, that, Whoa, wait a minute. You know, a, you are more than willing to let me give it up. And two, you already had plans on who you're going to give it to. Yeah. 
And so Sam realizes, you know, his dejection at the end of that scene is, is something between, I can't believe this is happening. And I got played. Um, I, but wonder I, I never if, did get the impression that it was because he was because of the color of his skin though, I mean, for what it's worth. I, I wonder if, and of course this, this, this is what ifs, uh, if Falcon had stayed Captain America, that uh, the military or whoever U.S. agent represents, they would have still come out with their version, uh, just to have someone on the government's payroll. Uh, you know, that's something we can't know, but uh, but I'm I'm curious if that's a that's a something they would have tried. The job and Falcon does not get the job; somebody else does. And interesting it is because of his red. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so I'm being told from off screen. Um, uh, Mike has done a bit of research. Mike has, has gone back. His, his, let me give you a quick CV here. Um, he has uh, used Marvel Unlimited even better than I have. Uh, Mike went back uh, a couple of years ago and started reading Marvel comics from Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four Episode One. Yeah. I mean, he's read every Marvel issue chronologically up to damn near 1980. Um, uh, so... So he says in the first 200 issues, there are numerous instances of Captain America giving up the shield, and they do give to someone besides the Falcon, and it is because of his wow. race. Wow. Well, okay. So uh, that's interesting. So it, that might be on purpose, and that might be a callback, um, which would make Frank uh, the rightest of the three of us. <laughs> well, I, here's, why I cite, here's why I cite the race thing. <laughs> Here, here's why I cite the race is because there is the alien that, would be the one to figure that out. There's there's the uh, <laughs> there's the bank scene right where where he's kind of yes. denied the bank yes. loan. It, that's that's never sure. said because of race, but you know, well, it's, it, it, it's a white guy saying no to the him human torch for money denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the second time is in Baltimore when the police uh, when Bucky. Yeah. Falcon are arguing the police automatically go to Falcon. Dang, Frank, you, you make some good points there. You're, uh, <laughs> I mean, he, even though uh, uh, Bucky is the one that needs to be arrested at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that is, uh, yeah, you mentioned it, it's a great point. It is uh, almost um, kind of slapping your forehead obvious that uh, they're trying to make it about that. So, Okay. Well, they're doing it subtly too. It's it's not they're not hitting you over the head. I mean, it's just it's just how you infer it. And uh, yes. And at any rate, there's still good drama going on and and good excitement and and good superhero fun. I agree. Um, this show has been a different brand of fun, which we knew it was going to be. Uh, I, I'm I'm having a good time with it. Uh, I'm other than the set pieces. I, I don't know. It's weird. Um, for me, I'm. I think I'm kind of waiting for all the the different elements of the show to gel because you know the, the action sequences, the the cop buddy humor, um, you know the the personal side of Sam, especially you know with his uh, sister and stuff. Uh, those are all individually um, really well done, and uh, to me, um, it's just. It's it's adding up to something that's enjoyable, but it's not grabbing me by the scruff. Like, um, I, and I'm not trying to rehash anything here, but uh, you know, the way I felt about uh, their first television venture, WandaVision, I, I was like, uh, I was grabbed by by the jump by WandaVision, and this, I'm kind of waiting for it to uh, catch up to me. I'm sure it will. It's really good. 
it is a it is a build because you're starting yeah. with something kind of small and not small, but something that we're kind of used to terrorist yeah. organization stuff yeah. like that. But they're incorporating the blip into it, which is an, uh, let, let's talk about the flag smashers because they're super interesting. I mean, are they bad guys even, or did they just have a different way of looking at how the world should work? Well, they're they're bad guys if they're willing to you know kill and terrorize to make their point, I suppose. But you know, if you want to talk about the evil imperialists, then you know one man's rebel is another man's freedom fighter. Um, they're obviously trying to keep those areas gray, you know, for dramatic purposes. Um, so it it truly depends. You know, I I don't think they're. Uh, I don't know that I would call them evil necessarily, except for like the killing of stuff. Um, they, they don't I, make I an evil turn stuff. until the end of, of episode three, when they, yeah. they blow up that place. But up well, to I that mean, point, that, I'm that totally understanding back. where the flag smashers are coming from. And it's just like, dude, they're just, they're just trying to help. Well, if you read, you know, I mean, any sci- any kid who's ever read science fiction knows that you know in the future, um, you know if if the Earth, if humankind, whatever is ever going to become a, an extra an extra planetary civilization, if we're ever going to branch out into the cosmos, then it's probably going to be under the banner of you know of a single world. You know, it's not going to be you know. It's not going to be Texas or the United States or you know Russia. It's going to be you know we're from Earth. You know, oh, wow. it's not going to be we're from Texas. So I don't know. Maybe um, uh, I could be wrong. What are you sharing with us? Is that me? What are you doing, Frank? I think oh, did you, am I sharing screens? I'm sorry. Yes, you are. Um, I'm sorry. So I just, I just. I think that at some point, you know, it's inevitable that, you know, we're, you know, one world government type of thing, but uh, I'm in no hurry to get there. Uh, interesting I, idea I, that, that they're really there? kind of promoting. No, you're, you know, they're taking a page from Supergirl and promoting uh, uh, no borders. So for those that don't know, uh, yes, I don't know. What, we don't know what Frank's doing. Isaiah Bradley, the, the, the black super soldier that they met in episode two. He's straight out of the comics uh, in an attempt to recreate the super soldier serum. uh, The United States government uh, experimented on 300 African-American soldiers as test subjects to recreate that serum. And at one point, Isaiah Bradley took the mantle of captain America uh, to fight in the war. And um, so he, you know, he was branded a traitor. Uh, he was and put in uh, prison. So this, all of this story that we see in in the, this TV show is, is coming out of the um, comics. And the his the younger man that was with him in the house that was his grandson Eli Bradley, who okay. in current Marvel comics is part of the Young Avengers as Patriot. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so they are they're doing a lot of things here. They're pulling stuff right out of the comics, but they're also, you know, they're they're working on their phase 4 of the MCU, you know, big time. They introduced Speedy right. and Wiccan as young Avengers, you know, from Wanda and 
uh, from WandaVision. Now we've got Eli Bradley. So they're slowly but surely kind of bringing in new players. And uh, that actor, by the way, did you recognize that actor, you guys, that played? I've uh, seen that face. He was from Supergirl. He played Martian Manhunter's father. <laughs> oh, Carl Lumley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Carl okay. Lumley. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the young kid. No, no, no. Carl Lumley. No, come yeah. on, man. Get out of here with that. I, don't, I wouldn't recognize Carl <laughs> Lumley. I loved his voice in Supergirl as Martian Manhunter's father because he had that he had a, a weird type of cadence when he spoke. Yeah. Well, he was out of his mind. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff. A lot of Easter eggs in here. I mean, we, we hear about Madripoor, which is, you know, the city that Wolverine spent a lot of time in. Yep. Um, I, um, I, I poked uh, Mike in the shoulder two or three times. And went, that's Madripoor. That's Madripoor. That's like, uh, it's like Tortuga in the X-Men universe. And I was right. Do we know who it's the power place. broker is yet? No. No, I, I wonder if it's going to be a, a new face. Um, uh, you know, uh, I could throw this theory out here. You guys you guys tell me how far-fetched this theory is. Uh, I think it's Torres. You mean but the little, the little uh, soldier? Torres? Yeah. Eddie Torres? Uh, the mostly because I think he... Uh, He's just too eager and he's too willing to help. And, and, uh, he, he just seems like, like a nice guy. And that would be a huge twist if it turned out that the power broker was him. In Marvel comics, the first power broker was a man named Curtis Jackson. What? Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, I, okay. So it, I thought it was Dr. Carl Malice. I'm looking who at went to work for the corporation founded by Curtis Jackson. So, you know, hmm. it may have been risky and half the subjects dying or being severely deformed, but well, as, as far know. as, as the show yeah. goes, we don't know who the power broker is yet. So right. all we know right. is that they, um, they stole that suit, that super soldier serum from him. It was good to see, uh, Sharon Carter again. She's kind of turned into like a just a criminal almost, you know, out of necessity. Out of necessity. Uh, well, she's dealing with stolen art. Are they setting her up to? Are they setting her up to be a, a Black Widow two point possibly? Or will know. they do that in the Black Widow movie? And I know the Black Widow movie is a prequel. So. Oh, and we. Um, but yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they uh, made. Emily Van Camp into such a bad girl that, um, you know, she had to at least be on the reserve team or something. I didn't feel like they were setting her up to be a villain in the show. I just think she's doing what's necessary to survive at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's uh boy. That's another friggin' hammer in the coffin of people who think, uh, uh, people are mad at the government because shouldn't you be, uh, at least paying a living wage to these people who are, putting their lives in the line to defend you yeah. regardless the, uh, of personal or professional cost. I, I, uh, I do like how good she has become, uh, how good she has, uh, uh she, sorry. Uh, I like how good she is at being a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, it, it like comes to her naturally, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Is she the power broker? Uh, no, I don't. No, think I don't so. think so. I hope I not. No, I don't want. I, I think uh, Sharon Carter is too cool a character. She no, they're, they're not going to. They're not going to give her a heel turn. Have we met the power broker? No. In these first three? No. Well, uh, un- we've seen them, they've been behind a mask or something. So, you know, the the power broker hired that uh, former hydro scientist to recreate the the serum. I mean, right. so it's somebody in the background that we haven't met yet, unless yeah. unless Frank's right. If if uh, if it's uh, Lieutenant Torres. <laughs> but but that but that's left field, yeah, of uh, course. and that's just theory. Uh, uh, I I I wouldn't put money on that, but I think it would be interesting if it was. I liked how they worked in the fact uh, that Zemo was a Baron at one point, you know, because in the comics <laughs> yeah. he's known as Baron Zemo. Yeah, are you rich? I was a Baron. I was a Baron. And we get to see that uh, purple mask, way, which is great. This might be uh, this might be terrible news, but according to. Uh, According to the six one six universe, you will be happy or not to know that um, uh, the power broker was responsible for a, uh, a strength augmentation to uh, one U.S. agent. Ah, so, oh, look at that! Yes. So at the at this point, John Walker hasn't been. Are we supposed to think he's been given some super soldier? I think Sam? we're not. We no. He's just a uh, um, power broker. Okay, quote: Power broker was also responsible for the strength augmentation of the USH and Battlestar. Okay, so there you go. So, um, so that may happen in the super in this soldier show, by then. the end of yeah. this show, and he may be more in line to be the next Captain America, or he may be a uh, recurring villain. Um, geez, really cool that we that we don't know. We have our guesses, but uh, uh, so, only time will tell. So, so Bill, on the uh, so during the Good Morning America interview, uh, um, John says, "I'm just a regular guy. You know, I, I'm not a super right. soldier." He says something yes. to that effect. But I, I, but then they show that footage of him handling the uh, the shield. I'm thinking the very same thing, extraordinary. Frank. I'm thinking yeah. the very same thing. He's yep. throwing that shield around. He's catching the shield well, around. So, so the uh, so. From a story standpoint, if maybe the power broker is within the U.S. government and he's working with John Walker without John Walker knowing, he doesn't know. But he's been given this serum without him knowing. And, and you know, uh, the power broker wants to get rid of the flag smashers. So maybe it's someone in in America that's actually behind all of it. That it, it's not this... Uh, uh, I know there's been talk of, of it being the, the guy who wears 10 rings. What's his name? The that's man, just the theory Mandarin. crafting right now. Um, oh, the Mandarin? The man, that's the actual real Mandarin. That's the power broker. The real Mandarin, not, not the uh, uh, yeah. Iron Man 3 Mandarin. But uh, that's just theory crafting right now. Well, I, I, th- I guess my theory is that the, uh, when the power broker is revealed, it's going to be really there's only one person it could be. And that person, are you ready for it? Stand by to hit the. Okay, uh, just the say fast it. Board. Just <laughs> say it. It's going to be Alexander Ocasio Cortez. I think we all know it. Who's that? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's uh, half the people listening are punching the dashboards, and the other half are uh, punching the air. 
So uh, I think we're getting different reactions by the listeners right now. Who is it? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, AOC is a popular, uh, she's no longer a freshman um, legislator, but she's a, uh, a very oh, popular with okay. the cast these days. Sometimes, Bill, I get the feeling that he just looks up in the air and goes, uh, I'll take that, whatever that is, and try to <laughs> integrate it into whatever we're talking about. Yeah, uh, you're 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 well aware that uh, Dennis Miller is my uh, is my my this godfather. Is this is true. Uh, yeah, I, Bill. We've always thought of you as more of, of an Andrew Dice Clay, though. You're you're. Uh... <laughs> oh, there's a there's oh! a dichotomy. Oh! That's a zing. That is a zing because I do not consider myself the Andrew Dice Clay of the group. Oh, you? Yeah, no. Yeah, I think you are. I think that. I think that. No, I don't think so. Hey, no. Phil. I don't. I, I think I'm going to take that mantle and I'm going to drop it like. That's Sam an insult to, to Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Dice Clay is not any happier about it than I am. Yeah, I know. So, um, uh, Bill, uh, just real quick, quick aside. Yes. And yes. you guys tell. Me, I have not been able to find proof of this, but apparently, uh, Dennis Miller used to be a prop comic. Oh my god! Uh, I have uh, no uh, idea. Now I heard some, I heard some comedians. So I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about Dennis Miller, and someone said, "With authority, goes, yeah, you know, he used to be a prop comic like Carrot Top." Oh I couldn't find anything about that, but that blows my mind. If he started off that way, oh, listen to this. Hang on, Control F, oh find P R O P. For the first year and a half of his comedy career, Miller had heavily relied on props during his act, but he felt his this limited him and switched to using purely language. Good for him. Wow. Oh, that is crazy. I'd love to see that, babe. <laughs> um, all right, back to the TV show. Back to the TV okay. show. Yeah. It's obviously a buddy cop movie type, a buddy yes. cop show type of deliberate feel to this. Yes. Right. Um, and if you think of it that way, you know, that obviously makes uh, uh, Howard Mackey, Danny Glover, it makes um, Stan Sebastian, uh, Mel Gibson, and it makes Helmet Zero, Joe Pesci. <laughs> right? Gravy. Is that what this is? Is that what we're, or did we just get uh, a Joe Pesci character in, in, in the dynamic here? Oh my gosh, uh, Fred, that's pretty funny. That's a stretch. Yes, <laughs> that's an awesome stretch, though. I love it. They f you at the drive-through. Uh oh. You think I'm funny? Yeah, I, I like, I like Zemo's character. You know, I've kind of, I've kind of yes, grown to like too. him. You know, he's pretty I, funny. I, he's like, uh, my apologies, you know, he, he wants to fit in. And then he talks in his native language to his Alfred, and he says, hey, if the food stinks, give it to them. You know? Dude, we, they, they walked up the, uh, the so the butler uh, meets them at the, the private plane. I right. look over at Mike, and they go, it's Woodhouse. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All I could hear, all I could hear is A. Sean Benjamin's <gasps> voice the next 15 seconds. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's Damn it, great. New House. Yeah, that's great. Eggs Benedict Woodhouse. Yes, from Archer. Look it up, Archer uh, Woodhouse. Google. Well, it's 
It's because the butler was a hundred and seven. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I do like I'm I'm trying I don't remember who the, the gentleman was that played it. Um but uh uh uh, kudos to the MCU for giving some uh, some real acting roles to some actors who are probably well past you know acting retirement age in you know Carl Lumley and and it, gosh dang it I'm sorry I'm, I'm forgetting who this gentleman uh, was actor's name was but uh, he's he's an actor that if you're our age you grew up watching him and you know he's one of those guys who made a guest appearance on every TV show ever. He's, he's that guy. He's a, Hey, it's that guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but there, Norman Alden was a guy like that. Yeah. The guy played Aquaman. Yes. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to have the strength to, um, uh, actually uh, look it up. on. Tell IMDb. Mike, I'll take a latte. Um, <laughs> dang it. he's gone. I was about, right. <laughs> Please tell him to no, put some pants dead. on. <laughs> he's wearing a swimsuit um so it's cool <laughs> it was it's, uh it's legitimate it's at, not boxers i know at the end of episode three when he see when bucky says i'm gonna take a walk and he sees that little ball then he finds another little ball oh, then he finds man. another little ball yeah did y'all recognize those at the beginning because i thought i did my buddy kevin said he knew right away what that was and i said how he said don't you remember the little bracelet with the balls and i was like oh yes got it that was yeah, cool I, seeing her and we with that same actress was in civil war she was um she was uh t'challa's bodyguard at that point and what a a a complication or a twist i don't know yeah. i don't know what you want to call it but uh but i love that they added that little uh, uh, you know, now we have Wakanda involved in this mess. Uh, it's kind of cool, you know. Uh, it it's about to get messy because so many people are after so many other people, and it's it's cool. I love it. the The ending of episode three, <sighs> Boy, super happy. That escalated quickly. The possibilities of the of the story expansion is, is pretty cool. I couldn't agree more. I, I was overjoyed by the uh, the reveal at the end of the third episode. Fantastic. Um, yes this <laughs> this uh, uh, this series to this point has started out kind of Doctor Strangey, and that's not a it's not a not a compliment. Uh, what it is is it's I go in expecting one thing, I'm getting something different, and while I realize how well it's being done and how good it actually is, I'm still waiting for to make, to make that emotional connection with me. Uh, I haven't given up. I, I'm I'm positive that we'll get there, but for right now, I'm just kind of admiring it. I'm not loving it so much, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that as a thumbs down of the series. I, I just mean that you know maybe maybe I'm maybe I need to be in a better frame of mind to watch it or something. Well, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's it's my I think it's my failing, not uh, the MCU's. I think the third episode was while it did have a really awesome action scene in the middle. Uh, amongst all the cargo containers this was this felt kind of like a, a let's pull back a minute type of episode yeah. just 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 marginally um but i'm, I'm sharon carter ahead, can hold her own that's pretty great yeah um i thought and i thought we got enough of her i'm i'm super interested to see what becomes of her character if she's secretly a baddie or not i hope she isn't uh because i like her um but th this whole show has, I've enjoyed 
the ride more than anything. It, yeah. it it's felt like a movie in that sense where it's just like, like, you know, you get some action and then, then you get some story development and it goes up and down and up and down and it's fun. Uh, I'm just having fun with it. It's got a really good pacing to it. Yeah. And you know it's what? Just, uh, I love, I love the dynamic between the two guys. I think they're great. That whole scene where the, where the therapist makes him get real close and intimate <laughs> And they have a staring contest to see who blinks first, and then you know all that. It's just the the uh, dialogue between the two, the quips, you know, the jabs. It's just really well done, and it feels you could tell they like yeah, each other, but they also annoy the crap out of each other. Um, oh, okay, that's where. Okay, sorry to take a brief aside here. The uh, the butler is played by an actor named Nicholas Pryor, who okay. is the guy who's been in one of everything. Um, he was uh, Dr. Jim Hammond in Airplane, uh, which makes me very happy. Um, the uh, the other place that you might know him from, uh, uh, it was noted uh, that uh, he played the role Eddie in 1985's movie The Falcon and the Snowman. Dum dum dum. I don't know that, but the oh Falcon my gosh. Either. That was a great. That was a great movie. I have no idea how well it aged, but uh, the Falcon, the Snowman, was uh, Sean Penn and somebody else, and um, uh, based on. Uh, it's okay. I need to. I had see. no idea. I didn't yeah, recognize this guy, whose name is whose name is Osnick. In the it's based on the true story of uh, two young American men. Uh, who sold U.S. security secrets to the Soviet Union, um, and the it was played by uh, Timothy Hutton and Sean Penn. They were they were the two friends, the two principals in that movie, The Falcon, the Snowman. Um, yeah. Now, uh, now that you say that, uh, I I'm slowly starting to see like the movie trailer in my head for that, and I remember I don't know when it came out, but I remember people talking about how great it was. But like whatever age I was at. It was just like that. Looks that does not look like a good movie to me. <laughs> well, I'm old enough to you that it was one of those that um, you know it was a high school for me. So yeah, we yeah. saw a lot of movies back in high school. Um, also, um, just a s- stupid fun fact from uh, the Falcon the Snowman movie: uh, the music uh, was by uh, Lyle Mays and Pat Metheny, who were really good. They're jazz artists who uh, uh, jazz people would uh, would know Matheny and Mays. They do an album. Uh, Matheny and Mays do a great album where the a side one is all one single track. It's like 22 minutes long. And uh, the name of the album is uh, As, Fall, uh, As Falls Wichita, So Falls Wichita Falls. Uh, look it up on Spotify, kids, if you're into uh, some, uh, some sweet, smooth jazz from the 80s. Otherwise, never mind. I didn't recognize... So, this guy Nicholas Pryor, one you would you would recognize him. From, I'm looking. Uh, I see him now. I, I've googled him, but yes. you know he does. To me, he looks a lot different. Maybe he's just super old now. He is. He, is, uh, he does have kind of an everyman look. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Um, I, I, I always I, like those those character actors that you know you always saw them on on like us especially next generation star trek next generation there was always those yeah. character actors that you know it, you saw them it's like i know that you know that guy's been in like a hundred shows and and they're just like a journeyman type actor you know they can do any role you give them 
And, uh, you know, they were playing the alien of the week and, uh, you know, then they would move on and be in a soap opera or be in an episode of like murder. She wrote the next, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's those actors that you kind of, you have to respect because they have found a career and, and they seem to be doing very well. They're working actors and, you know, they can do everything. (laughs) You guys have anything else about these, these three episodes? Uh, you uh, I know, I go ahead, Bill. I think they're, they're super solid and there's a lot of promise and I think it's uh, really, really, really good stuff. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm torn as to how many reverse flashes to give it. Uh, it gets thumbs up from me. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think people should watch it, but I don't know if I'm, you know, is it a four on its way to a four and a half? Is it a three and a half on its way to four? Um, at some, sometimes I wish, uh, our, uh, our, our grading system had a little bit more, um, uh, granularity to it. Let's say that. Well, this, this might be a 3.75. I was 3. thinking nine on its way to a 4.4. That's I where know. I am, Bill. If I, if I had to race the rate the first half of this series, because we're halfway through, we've only got three episodes left. Um, I would give this just shy of a, I would give it like a 3.9. Great point yeah. average, you know. This is a I'd, I'd give it a summa cum laude. <laughs> nice. By the way, I just found out my my almost twenty two year old daughter Allison is going to graduate yes. summa cum laude yeah. from. Congratulations, yeah. Brad! That's great. Amazing, oh, pretty amazing. You should be very proud. I am. She did oh. better than me. She did that's better a, than me and her mom. That is proud daddy territory. Ashley that's was awesome. just behind that when she graduated too. My kids are are amazing. Fantastic. Um, I would give I would give uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Can we abbreviate this F A T W Fatwas? Uh, I I was calling it. How about Fatwas Falcon and the Winter Soldier Fatwas? Fatwas. I'm gonna like give Fatwas a, a, a three point nine reverse flashes. Yeah, I I, I dig it. Uh, like, I'm yeah. with you guys and everything like you said too. Yeah, I like that. I, I think it's. Um, I think it's heading somewhere. I can't. I think the last three episodes are going to be uh, gangbusters, man. I'm confused so about I'm something Kevin Feige things. said. He said there are six episodes with a total of less than eight hours of content. Right. Each of these episodes has been fifty minutes. Yeah, but I mean, five minutes of that of the ending is credit. Okay. Well, uh, even <laughs> more to my yeah, that is kind of amazing. More to my point, if if we're supposed to have less than eight hours of content. After uh, with six episodes, that would imply that on the average, yes. each episode is over an hour long. I think that means the final episode will be three hours long. Ah, you know, at least give me two. Give me at least two ninety-minute episodes, and I'll be happy. Yeah, we'll look, get the four-hour supercut. There you That'll go. That'll be the the ender. There you go, buddy. Uh, right. As as long as they're not counting the credits in that in that runtime, uh, yeah. uh, that's a that's a fair. <laughs> I'm sure they are yeah. counting the credits though, which is awful. There's like and it is weird because like there eight are eight minutes of credits. We we've all because we've been conditioned to watching uh, through the credits on a Marvel production. How many times have you sat there and gone, okay, so those are the people who do the voice acting in uh, 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 that part of Spain. There's people who do it in uh, for the uh, the French audience. Uh, there's people who do it for the German audience. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, 
Brad, I think you told me at the end of Mandalorian, uh, the final season, that there was a cut scene. I think I missed it the first time. Oh. So I had to go back and, and watch it because I'm, I, I'll just, once the credits start, I'll just basically stop it. So usually I have to depend on oh, you guys or the internet telling me. Remember uh, what I said about the credits? Uh, what's that? If the credits stay full screen before it shrinks down uh-huh. and, and says next up, if they stay full screen, they want you to keep watching because there's something coming up. Okay, thank you for that. You you did. damn squirrel! (laughs) What's going on? I can see Frank. We can see Frank looking outside his window. I can't see. I'm getting nothing from Frank right now. (laughs) I love the natural lighting, Frank. Uh, there is a damn that squirrel. Uh, So (laughs) I I put up a little flower bed in my backyard, and I put up uh, a little. Uh, a, a little fence with a uh, with just twine around it, so NASA wouldn't walk through it. I'm not worried about <laughs> anything else, but just NASA walking through it. There's a squirrel chewing on the twine and uh, cutting it up right now. That squirrel's going to town. Oh, he just took down my fence. That's, That's fantastic. Go squirrel! <laughs> oh, look at and now he's eating, and now he's eating the twine like spaghetti. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff in the bull cheeks. I'm kidding. Is there another squirrel at the on the other end of the twine and the lady of the trampet in the middle? Okay, I thought they're maybe they're making a like a a, a phone call, like a squirrel phone call. <laughs> I, I'm gonna snap a pic, but I don't think you can see it from this distance. Oh, uh, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, Go get the good camera. <laughs> He's eating it like spaghetti. He's going. Right. He's starting from one end of of the post and going to the other and just eating it up. Go up there and tell him it's not good for him. <laughs> it, those are empty calories. He doesn't need that clogging his intestines up. Well, Great you know, story. Bill, it, it's it's burlap type of twine, so it's okay. good. It's good for his uh, uh good constitution. Fiber, maybe? Yeah, it's good fiber. Okay, because yeah, I uh, uh I'm long on record that. Uh, um, in my family, we have spirit animals such as the otter and the llama, but my uh, my spirit animal is absolutely the uh, squirrel. Yeah, uh, most likely the red squirrel, but I'm absolutely would consider the flying squirrel because that's awesome. So no, I'm uh, I'm the guy uh, when the squirrel darts out in the road. As long as I'm not having to veer into like school children or, or or ambulances or something, I'm absolutely slowing down. I'm locking him up and I'm I'm avoiding squashing the squirrel. So I'll have none of that. I love squirrels. I I feed them. Uh, I will throw seeds out there for them occasionally. If, They're fun. If what you love most in life is a squirrels and b uh, crush films. Uh, you and I are not going to be friends. Bill, gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the squirrel just, the squirrel just cut the other piece of twine. This squirrel is going to... So, okay. Sorry to go on, on, on squirrel uh, uh, tangents, but um, for Christmas, a friend of mine sent NASA a toy. It was a, it was a stuffed log with okay. squirrels inside of it. So NASA wow. would take it outside. She'd like swing the real live squirrels? No, no, no. Little squirrels are they were, you know, about that big. And they were just stuffed animals. And, you know, she she'd shake it back and forth, the squirrels would go flying out of it. And then she'd chase the squirrels. The squirrels had the toy squirrels had squeaky squeakies in them. Well, so they're in the backyard now. Yeah. And uh 
What happens occasionally when I'm working throughout the day, I will see a real squirrel go up to the toy squirrel and start to wrestle with it. <laughs> and it is awesome. Uh, uh, God, this squirrel is going to town on this rope. I wish I could see it. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'll show you the aftermath, but uh, it won't do okay. it justice. I'm too far away for you to. Fair enough. Let's wrap it up. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. I, I appreciate the, the kind notes and the and the pan flute. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, you've been listening to Half Hour Wasted, proud member of the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at halfhourwasted. Hey, and if you got a friend, tell them to listen. We'd appreciate it. Leave us or any of the other HHWLOD shows a voicemail at 469-298-9739 or go wax type 9. That's an easy way to remember it, and we'll play it on air. Until next week, I'm Frank. I'm Brad. I never got my snacks, or we didn't stop to pee, so... (sighs) And we'll see you next time on Half Hour. That's okay. I just took care of it.